Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It is episode 78, and we got plenty and plenty to talk about tonight as we will be breaking down Mexico versus the U.S. in the Gold Cup final. And we may have enough time to talk a bit about Club America. We'll have to wait and see. But we have everything, everything in store for you guys in regards to the preview as it is our final edition of the L3 Podcast here for us. And... Returning to the show are two guests that have joined us all summer long, Miss Cari Torres and Mr. Brian Washkowitz. Did I get that right, Brian? You got it. There we go. And as always, everyone's favorite cowboy is joining us alongside as well. Dylan is in the building. Dylan, how are we? Hi, Ivan. I'm doing good. Doing good. Doing Hi, good. Hi, Hi, Brian. Hi, uh, guys. Hello to everyone. Thank you guys for coming on uh, in what was kind of a short, late notice of, uh, of of Roundup here. And it's on a Saturday, too. First time we ever do this on a Saturday, so it should be interesting. But nevertheless, we needed to talk about this. We needed to get the people a preview. We needed to get our word out. And it should be an interesting podcast. It should be an interesting uh, kind of discussion about whether or not the Mexican national team Will they or will they not lift that trophy at the end of maybe 90 minutes, if not more? And uh, I guess that's what we're here for to discuss and find out. So are we ready, ladies and gentlemen? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Let's talk yes. Mi Selección. It's been a discussion all summer long here for us at the Eagle Eye Podcast and everywhere in regards to the L3 English community. It's come down to the end of it. We're at the final stage of the competition in which we expected to be here. We expected the national team to get here. And now that we are, question is, are we still favorites to lift this trophy come Sunday? And I'll, I'll, anyone, go ahead. Uh, in my opinion, they should be favorites. But I, I, it's, it's almost kind of like even because it, it can go either way. I mean, it's a rivalry, even if even if the United States was not playing that good, you kind of have to throw form out the window, um, which I'll be part of my prediction later on. But I would say Mexico would be favorites just because they have the better experience on their on their team on their team than the United States does. Gotti, I think we are favorites. Um, I think especially a Mexico versus U.S. rivalry, like Brian had said. Um, just Mexico under Tata era is just more. I just may feel more comfortable, pretty much. Obviously, the past against we can have split split um, uh, opinions over how you know Mexico. Just focusing on the Mexico side, how they played, what can they improve on, where are they lacking? But I think overall, Mexico has the upper hand. Um, yeah, U.S. has also done great. I think all in all, it's just the final that is set in stone from the beginning. Um, you know, in semifinals, Mexico could have gone out, and the result of that, I don't know. I think I said, mentioned, I mentioned before, like waiting to see what would happen if, uh, for any reason, Mexico were to eliminate themselves out of the gold cup before going to the uh, getting to the final. But I think overall, we'll see Sunday. Mexico is favorite 70 30, probably in the crowd. Um, uh, so I think that's what I think. 
Dylan, it, it's an interesting game as these two have uh, brought it up. It's the rivalry. It's the classical of the of the CONCACAF. It's exactly what everyone predicted. And necessarily, we don't always get this. This is the first encounter in, uh, in what, four years that we've seen this uh, these two teams face off each other. Um, actually, no more because the last more. one was in uh, 2011. So that's seven, eight years, excuse me. Well, we kind of already said that math was in my specialty last podcast. But... Um, how 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 do we come into this game, Dylan? Think about it. You know, how do you think it's the same uh, as a month ago when we started this uh, kind of journey with Tata Martino in the Gold Cup, or have things changed significantly that maybe we should uh, throw a bit of concern down uh, the Mexican national team's way? No, I don't think so at all. I think Gadi said it perfect too. Whenever she was answering your question at the beginning, uh, if you look at the past two games, and I think you can you can go to either way on the sides, depending on how you look, how you look at the past two games and how you take them and perceive them too. Um, you know, you still see good things um, from the past. Oh, looks like we got a bit of connection issue right there with Dylan, but um, looks like he was and just he kind of, me. oh, go. looks like you're back. Back. Okay. Back. All right. Um, I'll just kind of start back over. Like, like, like I just said, uh, uh, the way you look at these two games, depending on how that goes to, um, you can look at it one side, you can look at the other. Um, I don't think there's no panic button needed. Uh, I still think Mexico will come in favorites still um, into this game, especially in Chicago. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of supporters there, supporters there for the team too. Um, it's just you know having to still build off of those, off of those chances that uh that the team has put. You know, you got to finish those chances in the back of the net too. So obviously, big criticism coming the Mexican national team's way in regards to how how poorly they've done up top, um, and maybe some of the criticize f- criticism from the U.S. men's national team is how poorly sometimes they look in in the defense. Um, so interesting to see that maybe both key uh, key weaknesses are kind of in a sense would cancel each other out in this situation with Mexico not being so consistent up front and the U.S. national team sometimes are looking a bit shaky in their defense. But we'll get into all that a little bit later into the podcast. I just kind of wanted to get, get you guys' first-hand opinion on on uh, how you guys see the Mexican national team coming into this and the U.S. men's national team as well. Because let's face it, you know, I, like you said, Brian, it, it's a rivalry. And I think sometimes you got to throw form out the window, especially in, in a game like this and in, in an environment that we're going to see, especially, you know, you guys mentioned uh, Chicago and Soldier Field Stadium and how that's all going to kind of pan out for the, in favor of the Mexican national team because we know they're going to be home, uh, you know, they're going to be home favorites right there. But um, anything specific to, to to that you guys would want to address in regards to this U.S. men's national team before we get uh, a deep dive into what, the, the game is going to be tomorrow as as to how they're going to play um yeah we can get into that right now but anything uh because i i'd like to bring out the 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 question that i've had kind of delaying for quite some time because i guess we just couldn't get into the discussion of things but would some of you argue or can someone argue in the in favor of the u.s men's national team and to say that they have had a better gold cup than mexico well, I don't know if they would say they had a better uh, Gold Cup, but they had a better previous game. Uh, Jamaica, you know, they brought it back into the to be two one, but they they were resilient and they continued to to be dangerous against Jamaica. Which the game prior against Curacao, they actually looked worse than Curacao, but they kind of did you know did what they needed to do, and 
if you're if you're comparing semifinals, the U.S. looked looked at least better in the, in that regard. Okay, so because I mean, if you're looking at this just on a statistic. Uh, on on a stats side of things, you you're gonna see that the Mexican national team uh, maybe is a little bit less than the U.S. men's at this point because the U.S. men's national team has only conceded one goal in comparison to Mexico, who I think conceded what already three or four. Um, I believe I believe three, three, yes, and then no, because it was two against. One against, uh, four. yeah, four. Two, four. Two against Canada. No, two against um, Martinique, Martinique. One against Martinique. Canada, and then one against Costa Rica. And then you looking at you look at the sides of of the U.S. men's national team, and they've yet to they've only conceded one goal, and that was prior to this game. They still yet to go on 120 minutes. We've gone two games already consistently, in which we've had to, you know, run the 90 minute mark. I mean. Yeah, if, if you're not looking at these two teams play and, and if you're not really kind of focusing too much on both of these teams, if, if you take a step back, statistically, you can say that this U.S. Miss national team looks a lot better on paper right now in regards to form than the Mexican national team. Is that correct? <laughs> statistically, I mean, yeah, but... I mean, I just look so much deep into how, because I mean, the Gold Cup is the Gold Cup, and I mean, we win it or we lose it, we're gonna get criticized. At the end of the day, as long as I've seen at least some uh, system of play under Tata, I think that's what I really take more out of it. Obviously, the game versus Martinique was an unexpected um, kind of match, you know, per se. Everybody thought, oh, even even I expected a more. Uh, outcome of Mexico with a goleada, obviously, but no, things, you know, came uh, came around different. With Costa Rica, I was like, you know what, this is not the Costa Rica per se going into World Cup 2014, and we saw the end result of that, so um, I just think I just think it's there's more to look into it versus statistically who is better at this point, either Mexico or USA. Um, obviously, definitely the opponents definitely have some uh, influence in that remark, but all in all, I mean, I, I think Mexico pairs up with U.S. at this point. Okay, interesting. And I know we're going to dive into that right now. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Mexican national team, and I think how we had a lot more consistent play than the U.S. men's national team. Because if if you listen to what some of the experts are saying in regards to this, uh, you know, U.S. team, um, they said that they're they're not as consistent throughout the game. There's lapses in 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 each game in which they've let the opponent come into the game. You know, there's 15, 20 minutes in which the opposition has been able to get back into the game. It's just because of poor finishing or because of you know poor decision making that they haven't been able to capitalize on those opportunities. And of course, when you come up to play against us, in in regards to that Mexico is a team that can capitalize on you know moments like that too. So that is something that they're talking about. There, that is something that worries them in regards to how this U.S. men's team is coming up against Mexico. Now, let's shift focus now on more onto the Mexican national team side of things, and let's question a lot of things that are being asked in regards to Tata Martino. And is a question for you, Brian. Do you do you do you agree with the criticism that? Maybe Tata Martino is a bit um, uh, too repetitive to what he's been doing. He's too predictable at this point in in at this stage in the Gold Cup. Or do you think that the uh, there there there's kind of nonsense to be saying those kind of things? 
No, I don't really agree with that. Um, I know looking at the the Haiti game, a lot of people were, I would say, overreactive at, at, on how it played out. But if you go back over that game, in regular time, Mexico had over 70% of the ball. And they had a lot of chances. So it's it's just putting those chances away, which is, you know, a little bit worrying. But they're creating. And I, I don't think you need to, you know, have an overreaction on that because – as long as you can continue to get shots off and in plays, uh, I, I, you know, this back, let's go back to 2013 when Mexico was super repetitive in the World Cup qualifying. It would go down the wing, send a ball, and define Cheech, and it never worked. And that's why teams, they, they thrived on sitting back. But I, I, I at least see from Tata's team, even if the teams are sitting back, you know, they're, they're, they're getting through different ways. So I, I, don't, I don't really agree with that criticism. Interesting enough, because, you know, the, kind of the big story coming out of this is that Tata Martino is becoming a bit too transparent with what he's doing. It's, it's too repetitive that it's too predictable at this point. And maybe that plays in favor to the Mex- to the U.S. Men's National Team, because let's face it, his lineup has stayed consistent. Right. You know, that's that's either good or bad, however you want to take it, however you want to diagnose that. But a lot of people are saying that, you know, you kind of already know what the lineup's going to be against the U.S. national team. So it's pretty fair to say that the U.S. men's national team should already kind of be aware of what Tata Martino is going to play at. But is see, that... this is the thing, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you just never win. With Juan Carlos Osorio, we always were like, well, we don't know how we're going to come out. And that just worried us, saying, okay, what squad are we going to see? And we've, we, with, with him, we saw different squads versus every opponent. And we criticized that. We criticized Oh my God, how are we going to play? Oh my God, who's going to play in this position? Who's going to switch out? So now with that, that I don't agree with saying, oh, it's too predictable. It's like, okay, then what's the medium of that? Is there any medium of that? You know, it's like, what's wrong with just having a system in play that we already know how he's going to play? And I mean, we have we have to work off the players that we have right now. So I, it's just like, the, where's the medium of that spectrum? Are we, we can can we be too predictable, or can we, you know, we can't go out just not knowing how we're gonna go out, and that just worries us, and then we just start like panning away like different scenarios and bashing on the coach. So I don't agree with too predictable. I mean, how many other? How, I mean, how else can you play with this squad? How else can you play? You know, that's interesting because it's, it's, it's something that a lot of people have been talking about. And, and obviously the big media in, in Mexico, that's what's been circulating in the past couple of days is that, you know, there's this predictability. And and it's funny that you mentioned that because our good friend in the chat right now, uh, Mr. Ricky, uh, said the same thing. You know, with Osorio, you had uh, inconsistency of lineups and now you have something that's more consistent. And it seems that, like you said, there is no medium. No one seems to be happy about it. And I think it's that's just the case of Mexican media, right? There's always there's always something to poke at, you know. There's always a wanting want to kind of, you know, poke the hole in 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 anything that's going good in regards to the Mexican national team. So I, I did want to bring that up because I think that's something that um, you know it's being talked about not only in the Mexican side of things but in the U.S. men's side of things too. That there's kind of this Tata Martino predictability, and now the question is how is Mexico going to combat that, and whether or not are we in form good enough to come out on Sunday and continue to play our game without getting it, without our game being disrupted by the opposition. It should be interesting. I don't know what you guys think. Dylan, do you think that there's a chance that the U.S. men's national team has this Mexico team on lockdown after watching them play consistently the same style of football throughout the whole competition? 
No, I don't. I don't think so. And you know, this this is coming from uh, one of my friends. I, I talked to him pretty much the whole Gold Cup. Um, telling he tell me what he thinks about uh, the U.S. and lead, lead even leading into the Gold Cup. He was like, "Oh, we're gonna crash out of the group stage." And you know, obviously they didn't. You know, they made it to the final and everything. So I talked to him coming up to the final, and he said, "Look, I said we, he told me that we we're either gonna scrape by with a win against Mexico or we're gonna lose five nothing." Like. He, he just seems like he just doesn't have no faith with his team. I think uh, even him sometimes tell me so he sees this lack of consistency like we talked about. He doesn't really see uh, a sense of identity with this team, too. He thinks uh, the na- the U.S. national team coach is trying to run this like if it's a club, not a national team, and he doesn't like that about him and everything. So uh, I really don't see it, – it, it, it gives him that hope the way he sees it, too. But, you know, seeing the way the team's been playing, um, thing yeah. like Brian said it, too, like the, the chances are being created um, – it's just, you know, finishing them, which is something that, you know, we've been kind of messing up on too, um, especially for these past two semifinal games, which I don't think should have gone into extra time, but it is what it is at the end of the day right now. Um, but, you know, I see this team coming out and, and playing good football. Interesting. Interesting. Anything, uh, anyone want to add on into that or no? I think saying predictable would be more like Jurgen Dam. You already know what he's going to do. Versus like a Pizarro, you don't know what angle yeah. is going to come out you. Versus an Antuna, Jimenez, how he, you know, manages maybe a one-on-one man kind of getting behind, getting the ball. It's like those kind of things. That's what the U.S. has to really target. But I don't, I don't seem that we're that predictable as I just targeted Jugendam. Dam. But I mean, all in all, we all know it's the truth. <laughs> I'm sure Jugendam Dam is somewhere out in Monterrey. <laughs> Happy to at least be mentioned by you, Gary. Um, it, it's it's interesting. You know, interesting. I think that this uh, this game has a lot written on it, and and maybe not enough time for uh, for us to go die, you know, into every kind of corner and, and crevice of 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 this game. But um, if if we want to talk about just you know tactic wise in regards to this team, these are two managers that have seen each other before, and not the first time that they will meet. They've seen each other in in the MLS, and they've they've gotten to know each other. You know, I, I would imagine quite well after reviewing tapes and everything. You think this is going to be a good, uh, a, a good matchup for for Tata Brian? We've we've constantly been saying that Mexico needs a real good challenge, and I mean, you got your neighbors who are in a final against you. Do you think this is exactly what Tata Martino needs in, in order to prove himself? Well, I, th- I don't think he needs to prove himself. I think, but this would be a good uh, tactical win because. Like you said, this is somebody he's seen before, and this is a United States side that's starting to kind of fall into their identity a little bit. Um, granted, they looked pretty terrible before this cup started. They were getting, they got beat by Jamaica and Venezuela, but um, no, no, I think this would be a, a great, a great win for Tata. But again, we've only seen him a little bit before this. We don't know what he's going to do with a, a lot more players at his disposal. Um, so in, in give, given the circumstances, all these players being injured and, um, you know, players not there, um, I, I think there's a lot, a lot to be positive about if he gets, gets the win. Um, but in terms of proving himself, no, I think he's got a long way to go, uh, to, to be, you know, have, have worries about what he's doing with Mexico. Interesting. Interesting. Gotti. Um, I think, I think the other coach is why he says that those predictables because he, they know each other. So he's like, oh, I kind of got to have a blueprint of how he's going to go out and stuff. But at the end of the day, 
this is Mexico, different players, obviously different than what we probably had in Atlanta United and just the qualities of, you know, the Mexican players. I feel like they are just more quality than the U.S. players. I mean, despite, you know, the new man, Chelsea man, Pulisic on there, I think that's just a big target on um, the U.S. side, uh, a young star like him. But other than that, I don't think that that has to prove himself. I think I agree with Brian. It's, it's right now is we've only seen this. Wait till we get into you know, what he's going to be working on, bro, to guitar. So I think that will give us more of a, of a uh, kind of being able to see how he stands with the Mexicana. And he has yet to lose. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be the bad talk here, but it just will be interesting to see how that will be seen in Mexico. Because obviously that has mentioned a couple of things in there uh, regarding kind of like with Mexico, with, you know, sponsors and all that stuff. And, you know, I think if it was another coach, they would have already beaten down, beaten him down for it. Since it's that, that they've been able to manage. So I'm, it just really depends. We can't really, um, you know, concrete anything right now. But I mean, if that, that wins, it's just a, another little gold star for Mexico. But we just have to focus on long term because, I mean, this tournament, we should be in Copa America. But that's just another topic. You know, inter- interesting, Cuddy, you mentioned Pulisic because uh, your boy Ivan here is a, a fanboy of Pulisic. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't well, want to say anything, and it's disturbing, And uh, but uh, I did notice this, too. <laughs> hey, it's not my fault we share the same birthday. I'm just going to... Oh, that's why. Yeah, we share the same birthday. Oh, my so, gosh. Y'all send you each know? other happy birthday messages. We do. I call him Chris. He calls me Ive. Love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, rock on. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about uh, we'll, we'll talk about stars because I think they've they the way that they've kind of done this is uh, they've they've pivoted uh, Pulisic and Jimenez and these two players that I really want to talk about in, in a little bit because I think they're two players that are the face of this national team in respect to, to, to each national team. And, and I think it's interesting because I think, uh, you know, whilst Pulisic may be scoring a, a lot, uh, he hasn't really um, he hasn't really done what is expected of him in the U.S. Men's national team. Uh, and Raul Jimenez, the same, while he scored a couple of goals, he's still yet to be that pivotal number nine striker in this competition for us. So uh, we'll get into that discussion right now and, 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 and everything. But uh, I, I, w- I want to talk about uh, this the, these teams. And, and, and I want to start off with, with Mexico. And, and I want to get a predicted lineup because uh, I, I think it's just it would work better for us to kind of move on like that. But is, is it simple to just say that Mexico is going to repeat the Haiti lineup? Or do you think that there is going to be some changes along the way? So, Brian, I'll throw it to you first, and then we'll go Dylan and then Cadiz to see if you guys add anything. But do you think Mexico changes anything in regards to the Haiti lineup, or is it the same way? It's going to be very similar. Um, I think you're going to see Antuna. Uh, but I think you're going to see almost the same, almost the same that we saw against Haiti. Okay, what what changes would you make, if any? Uh, I would not play Chaka. Okay, I think he will get destroyed by Pulisic, <laughs> and but... I would put Salcedo as the right as the right back. It's not a, it's not a a flashy thing to do, but I do think Mexico's going to have the ball for long periods. Salcedo has played against Pulisic and he's done well, 
and that's why I would like him on that side. And, you know, you got Araujo, Moreno, Reyes, who can also be in the back of, you know, whoever you want to put back there. Um, I would just want to be on the safe side. I just don't think Jaka is going to do well if he needs to drop back and defend. I, but I think we have to remember that Pulisic is not playing the left wing. Pulisic is going to be free roaming. Yeah, he will. No, he will. I just think that there's going to be times when they're going to Paul, they're going to Paul Oriola is going to be the main threat down that wing. Sure, but I'm just they're going to find the weakness and exploit it. And I think that's going to be the weakness. Interesting. Interesting. And I I I I would agree that Chaka is our weak link. Um I, th- I think he's gotten the most uh, the 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 most backlash from everyone uh, in in this tournament, but right rightfully so. Uh, he hasn't really shined like that, but it would be interesting to see uh, that change. I don't see it happening, though. To be honest, I don't think Tata Martino would be the type to put. No, I don't Sunset see it either. That's what I would right do back. personally. Yeah, that's what I do personally. Okay, interesting. Uh, Dylan, how would you how would you go into this? Yeah, I I, I agree with Brian really, um, but obviously, I think it's not going to be like that. I think it's going to be pretty similar to line up uh, um, against uh, Haiti. And so um, just to kind of, like, run it down so, like, everybody can hear it, it was Ochoa. Um, uh, it was Chaka, Moreno, Edson, Sacedo, Pizarro, uh, Piojo Alvarado, Guardado, Gallardo, uh, Jonah, and Jimenez. And I just think it would be something similar to that. Something similar to that. Gotti. Um... I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I always bash Chaka, and I think he has his—he's been having, as it's hard to say, his good times at times. But also, I just don't see him as a very strong uh, defender. So, if if I could, I'd agree with Brian. Um, Salcedo was it this past game? I like question everybody on Twitter. I'm like, is it me or is Salcedo just having like a really awful game? Um, so I, I miss that whole back and obviously I would like Charlie, but I think that is going to go with Jonah, just a more experienced, you know, player in the final. Although he has said, you know, Charlie plays like if he's, you know, 30 or whatever and has the experience. So, mm-hmm, yeah. um, I'd see, I, I mean, probably Antuna is going to start like you guys have said. Um, I think everybody saw the, the difference that. When Antuna subbed it, but I think think again, it's fresh legs out there. It's you know, mm-hmm. it's a different mindset than what Alvarado is saying. Because Alvarado, I mean, the way he plays, I like how he plays. Um, other than that, everything should be the same. So, yeah, no actually, Reyes, please, no Reyes. Actually, I'm gonna agree with her. I, I, you might, I might, you might actually see him start Piojo uh, instead of Antuna because he might actually want that second blast of fresh legs and how well Antuna does down the wing mm-hmm. um, and maybe see if Bioho can link up a different way in the first half. And if that goes stale, then you can bring in Antuna. Maybe that, uh, that might actually be a good strategy. That's interesting because that was going to be my question because that is a big topic that has been surfacing uh, for the past couple of days is whether or not Jonah will get the start or will it be uh, Charlie and who's going to play that wing is it going to be Antuna? Is it going to be Piojo? And well, funny enough, it sounds like you guys have Antuna starting, but um, if you guys had to decide, do you think Pizarro, uh, Pizarro start? Uh, not Pizarro, excuse me. Uh, Piojo Alvarado starts or Antuna? Because I think either or 
you you get a a, a a breath of fresh air come the second half with either of those two players because we saw it against Costa Rica when Antuna came out and Bio Alvarado came in. You saw that there was a kind of a, a resurgence of, of of fresh air with within within the attack once Bio Alvarado came in for him, and then you saw the same thing against Haiti in which Antuna came in and kind of uh, you know changed the tempo of it because he was a little bit more fresher than anyone else on the pitch. So. Do you think it really matters as to who starts or do you think there's a preference uh, uh, in regards to that sense? I think Piojo starts. I, I think Piojo starts. I think um, I think with, with what Brian said, you know, how we agree that with Antuna, you definitely see uh, just freshness, you know, just like Piojo starts with freshness first half, kind of seeing how that goes. You know what, if we can capitalize more with Antuna than sub in Antuna because I think Antuna and Pizarro on the wings are lethal and that's where I think uh, the U.S. will really struggle, especially with Pizarro, which Pizarro had a fantastic last game, whether people agree or not. He was just the greatest attacking person up top. It's just we struggle to finish. That, that's what it is. We just struggle to finish. So to me, Pizarro, you know, I've missed him out on the first couple of games, but Pizarro is great attackingly, and people can disagree saying, oh, I don't think Pizarro had a good game. Like, what are you watching? Pizarro yeah. is probably the, the man on the field that has been doing work he doesn't stop. I just when you think, think oh, Pizarro's gonna get tired. He's everywhere. The way he holds the ball, the way he, you know, brings defenders, and he's just very hard to take the ball away from. And his creativity, he just sneaks in into those spaces. It's just we need to be able to finish, and I think that's gonna be determining in this in this game. Where, yeah, just like Haiti, we had loads of opportunities, but we can't finish. And if we can't finish, then that's what's gonna cost us this final, pretty much. Justine, uh, anyone else add on to that? Or do you guys agree that Pio Alvarado starts and Antuna comes in? I think, yeah, I think I might change my mind. I think that's what you're, you're going to see. Just to have a little, not a backup plan, but have a, just a slight different approach, approach to what you would have thought to have seen uh, to this match. But, yeah, that sounds about right. All righty. Okay. So now that we have our starting 11 and now that we kind of have an idea, um, we kind of know what the U.S. is going to be lining up as well. We know that uh, up top, they're most likely going to start Josie Altador. They're most likely going to have Paul Ariola on one wing, Jordan, uh, uh, Jordan Morris on another one. Uh, Pulisic will definitely be a free-roaming player. And then you have two midfielders that I think have been doing a very good job for them in, in uh, Michael Bradley and, then of course, the big name coming out of their campus, Weston McKinney. Someone in the chat said something specifically that I thought was very good, uh, something very good to point out. And the key battle within tomorrow's game, I think, will be Edson Alvarez versus Weston McKinney. I think if Edson can find a way to shut down uh, the midfield for the U.S. men's national team, I think this is Mexico's game to take by storm. And I don't know if you guys can agree to that or not. No, I agree with it. Actually, they had a little bit of an appetizer uh, in that 1-0 loss back in the fall, even though it was a, a bogus loss. But uh, McKinney, to my knowledge, wasn't doing that much in that game. Yeah. And Edson was actually playing very, very well that game. So I hope to see a repeat of that. Um, and this would be another – hey, you know what? Edson did did well in, in this last time he played a final. I hope, that, I hope he repeats it in this one and uh, shows why he's got interest uh, abroad. 
No, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I think that's a key. That's a key uh, match right there, and, and and just a key player in general. I think what Edson's gonna have to bring to this, you know, you uh, this Mexico team against U.S. because uh, you seen, and maybe he was criticized a little bit more heavily uh, against Haiti because he wasn't pushing up uh, as much. But I think that's uh, because the technical staff was saying, look, we can't afford to get caught on the counter, so you can't really venture off as much. So we need you kind of to hold hold it down here. And it's something that we kind of relate back to, but he he has this kind of uh, Guido Rodriguez role in in the in the Mexican national team, mm-hmm. in which he has to be the man that does the work of two, you know. So it it, it will be interesting to see how Edson pairs up in, in a very good game, I would imagine, and a game that he's very excited to play. Obviously, he just you know had a final with America, and now he has the opportunity to represent the country in a gold cup final against your biggest rivals i think i think it really will say a lot about this kid and and how well he actually is and, and, and come tomorrow and see how he can play so uh I, I don't know what's your take on it dylan what's your take on edson and and his importance come tomorrow in that midfield no yeah um brian said it too you know if you go back to that game you know you, you look at it into membranes and everything too um you know edson was doing a phenomenal job at and you know even leading up to the gold cup you know i mean you obviously know edson's been doing a good job uh with with america and, and then obviously too um you see him you see him go down in these friendlies and you know his place is at risk and you know after he after he left that game you noticed there was a difference in that midfield and how pivotal he really was to to, to tata's plans and and everything and so um he's really shown why he can he can run that role in that holding spot and he's really done a good job too especially at times whenever he has to sit in between the center backs he's done a good job right there especially um, some of his ball distributing too interesting all righty Gotti, in regards to edson anything you want to add that's why they call him as machine right he's just he's <laughs> body though he bodies up there he he has it under control. I don't. I feel comfortable with Edson. I don't have to think of him as a liability or anything. So I think he definitely just you know, especially if he plays well this game, it just sits under his belt. Like this is why he needs to be exported soon. So in Edson, we trust and we shall see what uh, goes in regards to tomorrow. Now we continue with this preview. We continue with this Mexican national team, and now we come into the main topic, which is. Whether or not are we going to finally finish our chances in front of goal? And that's the real question at hand. There's a lot of ping- fingers to point, and most of them have been at Raul Jimenez. So he has a, a, a huge responsibility coming into this game. He already had a huge responsibility kind of being the main, uh, the main striker for this competition. Now for him to be in a final and being kind of the target man, and of course, having missed chances upon chances, it really is his chance to kind of make up for all those mistakes and kind of be the the hero of it all. But the question is, do you think Mexico finally will get their shooting boots on and will we finally get some consistency in front of in front of goal? I don't think Edson has been playing bad. I think he's had good games. Obviously, there's moments where it's like, Raul, come on, you were just there, finish it. I think he definitely plays another role besides just the legit nine in front of the goal. You know, as we've seen, he does other, he plays other roles on the field. So I don't truly put that weight on him. Obviously, yes, he's our goleador and he has to respond. But 
like within the Heidi game versus regarding the opportunities. I was like, to a point where I was like, someone just get and shoot because they were trying so close to just get in that box that. Yeah, trying to know, walk it in. Yeah, trying to legit. It's like, you know what? Just start taking shots. Like something's going to bound to come out of it. You guys can't always just go directly inside. So um, I just, you know, I, I think definitely when he came to Dallas with me and Dylan, he definitely said that he wants to show the world who he is. And I think. It's just a platform uh, in the final just to capitalize that uh, the wolves, the wolf side of that, that we have been saying. And we've seen, you know, especially I can't remember that, that awesome goal where he like his body movement with the defenders. I mean, that was just a fantastic classic oh, yeah. goal. Was it? Oh, Dylan went oh. Out. <laughs> Dylan's with his poor connection. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what did you say, Dylan? I said I knew what you were talking about with the the movement. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was like I, it was like it was like in out in out in out. Yeah. Exactly. The Costa Rica game. I think I think it was Costa Rica. Yeah, because that's one thing uh, I would say about Raul is his off the ball movement has been spectacular, and that's a lot of things. Again, people don't watch; they're they're only watching one part of the game. And uh, but I didn't mean to cut you off or anything. But uh, no, no I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's that's one of his biggest. Uh, attributes right now and he's been he's been awesome with it exactly and see that that's just what brian said like people just see the side that okay raul has to be the leading goleador in all this gold cup but you have to watch the games you have to watch how what kind of role he plays in in the game sometimes yeah maybe he has to be that goleador at time but other times you know he plays another role on the field which is you know they're helping pisarro connecting passes you know switching the field but like Brian said, his body movement was great. I think we saw a little bit of what Raul is with Wolves. And I think definitely see Lepesa because he's a nine. But, um, I mean, we'll see what happens in this U.S. game. I hope the best. I hope even if he doesn't score, if he has a good game, then that's good for me. All right. Okay. Dylan, anything else to add on Raul Jimenez or should we move on? No, I mean, that, that pretty much says it up. I mean... Like, like Brian said, his uh, his movement's been spectacular. Um, even sometimes in the build-up play too, he's been given a great pass, especially that pass that he had when Nevada had a goal. Um, you know, and sometimes you know he's just pulling pulling two players with him because that, that, I think that's how teams see him out. Like he had a he had a good season with Wolves, and they see how dangerous he can be. And you know, just pulling those two players off leaves the space for somebody else, and who knows, them get a goal. It's, I mean, there's there's dirty work that's being done, and people are overlooking it. Yeah. Nice, interesting. All right, definitely. So, we'll uh, we'll we'll have our fingers crossed that Rocky Menes can find himself in uh, not only in front of goal, but can also put those chances away. And uh, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see come come tomorrow. But um, now, in regards to this game, in regards to this final, there's something that I, uh, Brian brought up a little bit early on the podcast, and I think it's time to uh, we kind of address it is form coming into this and what. Does that mean in a match like this? And like Brian said, it, it seems like it just goes out the window in regards to this type of game. Now, you're looking at these two national teams. One obviously has a bit more experience than the other. They're both in a transitional phase, but I would say that you're looking at a much younger uh, U.S. men's national team, not a lot of experience there. And then you're looking at a Mexican national team with a lot of new faces that we weren't expecting to see this Gold Cup, but still plenty and plenty of experience to get the job done. Brian, 
kind of enlighten us? How do you think that both teams are approaching this game and whether or not will the past games or the past events play a role in how this game kind of determines itself? Well, I think this is just going to be, for both sides, just pure emotion because it's it's the the final <laughs> the final end to this this cup this summer. It's, there's been a lot of games. We've seen a lot of storylines from both sides. You know, United States was was you know underperforming coming into this, and they finally got their their big win against Trinidad, and and then they're up and down, up and down. For Mexico, it's hey, we left a lot of players off, a lot of players got injured, and they had brilliance, you know, brilliance in this cup, and then they had moments of, you know, head-scratching, can't finish, a lot of criticism, you know, a lot of people saying, you know, they shouldn't even made it there, which I th is ridiculous to me. But, you know, that that all is gone once that once the whistle blows and uh, the game has started. Um, to, in terms of the approach, tactically, I think Mexico is going to, do what they do and control the game, get the possession. I think you're going to see United States actually being okay dropping back a bit and then eventually trying to hit hit with a, a decent counter, go through uh, uh, Ariola and, and Pulisic and maybe try to link up with with Josie or whoever's up front um, to, to, to try to throw Mexico off because Mexico's defenders individually do have talent. In fact, like st straight up stand tackles, they're good. When you get them on their heels, they're a little wobbly, and that's been their, especially together. I don't know what it is, is what what that cohesion problem is, uh, and that's what the United States, I think, is going to try to exploit. And I think you're going to see that exploited if if Chaka gets in there uh, a little bit because he's going to have to drop back a lot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how I, I think what's going to happen. I think I think Mexico's going to have to break through because uh, they're going to have the ball for a lot of the time. Interesting, interesting, Cadi. Uh, I agree with Brian. I think I've said it in the past couple of, of my videos how defensively Mexico is not as strong as and I don't know what it is. It just looks sloppy. And there's games where the Mexican defense is just out there free. There's so much space given to the rival. And that's where, you know, we get we, we struggle with. So uh, obviously it's a rivalry. I'll definitely be a hostile arena for the U.S. Because like I said before, 70-30 is what I'm thinking more on the Mexico side. Um, but yeah, form goes out the window. I think uh, going back to the Haiti game with what Brian was saying, if we if we did not have a good game, then yeah, we would say we did not deserve it. All in all, regarding that penalty call or not, I think Mexico had possession. They played well. It's just not being able to finish those opportunities. And with I mean coin flip and penalties, it could have gone either way. Um, but I do think regarding what Mexico has to do defensively. I mean, we need to get a physical, especially with Josie up front. Someone needs to man-mark that him. And with Arriola, I think I do see him as a possible threat, but I don't think it would. it's that much. I think he'll be easily, he'll, it'll be able to easily shut him down. So I think defensively, Mexico has to be on its A game because it's been looking real, real messy since the beginning at points. So, yeah. Dylan, is there a real call for concern that this uh, U.S. men's national team can actually take Mexico by surprise? Mm, I'm I'm open to it. Um, I wouldn't really rule it out either. I mean, even though even though people have been saying there's some inconsistency for them and everything too, um, you know, I think these obviously, you know, like Brian said, it's a rivalry. 
uh, these players are fired up to, to be here and get that. I know they still have a bitter taste of the mouth after their uh, World Cup qualifier loss um, to them. And so that's something that they want to overcome too and something that they've, they're looking forward to. And I know players are ready to come out guns blazing, it seems like, uh, to, to beat Mexico and to – and to lift this, and to lift this cup too. So, um, uh, I I see it going. I see it. I see it coming. Them coming out and and really, you know, giving us a run for our money. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Obviously, the final we all expected. Some of the uh, players actually wanted this game to pan out to be the final. So it looks like wishes do come true for both sides of the camps. I know the U.S. men's national team really wanted Mexico, and some of the Mexico players really wanted the U.S. Obviously, there's more up to stake than just a cup. A lot of bragging rights, a, a lot of uh, you know pride and ego coming into this. Uh, so now comes the question, and and the fun one is, how do you guys see this game panning out after the day is over? And do you guys see Mexico lifting the cup? I will throw it to you first, Dylan. Give me your prediction for tomorrow's game in Chicago. I think it'll be a fun 2-1 win for Mexico. It's going to be a fun game. Fun 2-1 win. I don't see that as fun, but okay. Your definition of fun is different than mine, I would imagine. But okay, 2-1 win for Mexico. Dylan's going. Gotti, give me your prediction for Sunday. Um, I said that beginning Mexico is going to go undefeated to his Gold Cup, so I expect the result to be the same. 3-1 victory over USA. Mexico wins. They have to. That, They're obligated. That sounds a little bit more fun. Yeah. Obligation, of course. Yes. 3-1 for Mexico. Gadi is calling it. Brian, your prediction for tomorrow? Uh, well, I've been way off several times this cup. <laughs> so um, I'm going to say uh, United States sits back. Mexico can't break the line. They get a, a a counter. Ball gets deflected. It's a corner, and it's going to go right to a U.S. defender, and they're going to win 1-0. God. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> like a 90-plus game? That's, that's probably a scenario you're painting right there. And uh, I hope that does not happen. And my heart's saying that Mexico wins easily, but let's just say I, I've been wrong, and I want to continue to be wrong in this in this cup. So, yeah, 1-0 for the U.S. 1-0 for the U.S. Brian, with a very controversial hot take here on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how well that's going to go for you down on Twitter once people find out, but... I didn't say I wanted that. Just keep that very <laughs> clear. It's a disclaimer. I do not want that. I'm just saying it. People, so make people sure it gonna, doesn't happen. People are going to be two on, uh, trying to put two and two together saying that you're the stray goat somehow. No. no. Okay. Big shout out, <laughs> stray goat. I don't know what happened to you. I hope you feel better soon. Um, but no, no, no. I'm not taking that route. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that's an interesting one. That would be uh that would be quite the upset for the for the Mexican media and for the Mexican national team if that was to happen. And what a what a lousy way to lose it as well. But we've seen things like this happen before. So now I will throw in my name into the ring and I will say that this game goes 120 minutes, goes down to penalties, and anyone takes it from there. That's horrible. That's horrible. 
I think I think the entire roster is going to just not show up for September if that happens because that's so many minutes played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm this is the first time I won't give a, a a one side because I think it could go both ways. Look, I've said it throughout the whole competition. There's something in regards to this U.S. men's national team. A lot of people are playing them down. A lot of people are throwing them to the side. They're saying that this team is nowhere near as good as the Mexican national team. I beg to differ. I think these kids are hungry. I think these kids have something to prove, and I think they're going to go out and take it to Mexico. And I just don't know whether or not Mexico is sufficient enough to consistently for 90 minutes keep up with some of the pressure that this U.S. Men's National Team can have. Now, granted, yes, uh, you know, I, I think on paper, some of these players that we have are 100% better than the U.S. Men's National Team. But you got to remember, ghosts have passed. The Soldier Field hasn't been the best place for Mexico in regards to the Gold Cup final in with the U.S. Men's National Team. Let's not forget that we <laughs> lost that 2-1. Yeah, that's why that's why that scenario was picked, I would imagine. Last time they met, of course, the U.S. men's national team ended up beating. I remember that day clear as day two. Um, the U.S. men's national team beat Mexico 2-1 to one in a game in which Mexico were winning, by the way, with the Andres Guardado goal. Things just kind of went south after the Landon Donovan penalty. And by the way, they could have won 3-1 to one if it wasn't for uh, uh, who missed that? Who missed that clear goal? Um, I tried to re-erase that, Dave. I my can't. Mind. I can't remember, but it, it was a two-on-one. Landon squared it through, and the guy just blew it over, kind of like uh, Chapitos did in regards to oh, the, yeah. the Haiti game, just like that. Um, but look, I, I think there's something in this U.S. Men's National Team, and I think they're going to bring it to us. And I don't, um, you know, I, I want to say that I'm I'm confident in, in in the national team, but I just I can't. I, I've been seeing this national team just from just go from up all the way to down, and this U.S. Men's National Team just coasting up up the latter so uh it's gonna be a fun game i would imagine it's gonna be an interesting game i just think it's gonna fall down to three players for the for mexico and it's whether or not pizarro jimenez and edson can get the job done then i think that it's 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 an easy win for mexico but if not then and if we continue to to go fall back in relapse in 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 front of goal and everything, then I think that it's going to be a game in which the U.S. men's national team, if if you give them the opportunity and, and you keep them alive for for much longer than they need to be, then you're just putting yourself in risk of of mm-hmm. losing this this game. So I think it's it's something that look if Mexico can get the job done in the first forty minutes, then good, go for it. But if not, you got to keep worried because this team, I'm telling you, there's something about this team that that they there's. There, there needs to be a real call for concern, and then I don't think that it's. They as can get lucky too. Long. Like if you, if you saw their 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 third goal against Jamaica. Oh, both of their goals were uh, was, both was, of Pulisic's goals were were ridiculously lucky. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that flow of the game. I don't like that. But no, but going on what you said in terms of like in, in history, there's been times Mexico was so much more powerful in terms of form and player call up, and the U the U.S. just manages. To either get a result, maybe a, a draw, or they win, and it's it's oh, it, that's that's why it's a rivalry. You know what I mean? Definitely, definitely, definitely. All right, someone put on the someone put on the chat. OMG, it's AV said the winner of tomorrow's game will determine who's the rightful owner of the birthday between Christian Pulisic <laughs> and myself. So if that's the case, then I hope we win because I really want it to be mine. <laughs> 
but no, obviously controversial from I think both me and Brian's and the things um, on your guys' spectrum, Cotty and Dylan. I think you guys uh, see Mexico kind of wrapping it up. There's no problem there. But um, anything you guys agree or disagree with? I just want to add you're, on. You're... Go on. Uh, uh, Ivan's fanboy's coming out. Probably, <laughs> probably, he's probably low key like like trying like waiting to see to pull the trigger on a U.S. national team jersey or not. No, nope. I hope not. <laughs> no, that's not, <laughs> that's not me. It's gonna it's gonna have Polishik on the back. Spelled <sighs> uh, wrong, like Ibrahimovic's jersey from the past game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> No, I was going to say what's going to end up happening is that if we end up going 0-0 full time and close to a 0-0 extra time, we're going to sub in Vega and he's going to score and that's going to be the end of that. Oh, oh my God. Okay. I will still accept, I will still accept it. I'll, I'll accept it. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's uh well as you guys can tell, we're pretty optimistic about a fun game, regardless of what happens. I will I, I will I will want to end the podcast on this question and this question only is if Mexico wins this competition, is it a total success? And if for some whatever reason they lose, is it a complete failure? In Mexico, it'll be their way regarding the result. Okay. Done. So if we if if they win, they're gonna praise them, give them whatever they want. If they lose, they're gonna take a bat and go look for them. It, it's just how see, Mexican media is. See, see that, that that's that's what scares me too. Is is you know if they win, then like I just feel like I just feel like you know some people are gonna get on cloud nine. Then all of a sudden, when Tata gets like his first loss, hopefully it's not tomorrow. Then like it's just gonna be like crashing down. The people are gonna like I just feel like people are gonna want his head and everything. I'm just all like. I don't know, like, I, I just I just don't want it to be that way. And I know it I is think, either, either way. It, yeah. it, it's eventually going to get there. It's eventually mm-hmm. going to get there. I think if it was a different rival in the final, we would lose. I'd be like, eh, it's just, it's U.S. It's rival. We have to win. That Because of the rival, we have to win. I don't care how it is. We have to win. If we were to lose, I would just blame that we could not finish those opportunities. Defensively, we're not 100%. I think that's the only thing that would take away if we were, were, if we were, if we were to lose tomorrow. That would just be those two things that um, I would kind of be like, well, look, you know, attacking-wise, yes, it's just we lacked to be able to finish those um, opportunities. Defensively, we were not 100%. Self-criticism, we move on. What's next? Just how I think. That would right. be rash. That would be rational. Uh, no, it's it's. There's. I don't know what's been going on with people's takes, but it's, they've been awful this summer in terms of Mexico. <laughs> He's talking and, about um, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but no, no. If they lose, it's going to be like eh, they deserved it. Eh, they should have lost to Haiti. Eh, mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be that you know BS. And if they win, they're going to be like, oh, that that that's good. Uh, what's next? And it's like, well, that's that's. But it should be. It's like, you know, step by step. And there's going to be more more games, in, you know, with these CONCACAF Nations League against all these other teams. So it's like you can't really go crazy about if you win it because there's no Confederations Cup also. Um, but no, it, it feel good. You know, you had a lot of injuries. You had a lot of absences. And you, if you get a win over a rival who, by the way, if you're if, uh, the guys at ESPN were like, this is almost as much of a pull your pull you can 
pull from for the U.S. except for maybe three or four players. So that's a good win, and it's in an official win. So I mean, you got to feel good about it. So, um, yeah. but no, I, I think I think people are going to be freaking out and having their god awful takes regardless. <laughs> I think that's true. I agree with Brian. I think, and I, I, I've said this in a tweet that we wasted so much time. Oh, if we, if we would have this player, if we would have this player, it's like the would have doesn't exist. This is what we have to work with. And if we win, just capitalize that we still have the talent to win. We still have a good project coming in with a new, with a new coach. It's so. a bonus. It's just a bonus. Yeah, exactly. It's like, stop thinking of like, I just hate it. Oh, if we had Vela. Oh, if we had it. It's like, we, we need to have depth in the Mexican team. And this is what we have. Despite the injuries, this is what we have. This mm-hmm. is what we have to work with. And if we win, we just capitalize that. We are getting somewhere. We don't have to just rely on the Herrera, on the Chicha. You know, it's kind of like this new Mexican generation is coming up. And the next uh, to Qatar, we still have other players who probably we haven't seen yet. BBB in that in that uh, last final, you know. Brian list. and Dylan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just what I think, yeah. Interesting. Well, I think the, the main call uh, or, or the main thing to take away is longevity in regards to this process, right? No matter what happens, keep the process going. We've seen that there's good things coming out of this. It's just, it's going to take time. And regardless of what happens tomorrow, there needs to be a consistency in the in the Mexican national team. And hopefully it does not get disrupted if things do go south for Mexico. Right? Exactly. So we'll have to wait and see. But with that said, it should be an interesting game. It should be a fun one. I hope you guys are excited. We'll have you guys covered on Twitter in regards to everything. So make sure you guys do follow us at Resaca America US. We'll have you guys covered with all the things in regards to the Mexican national team and the game against the US tomorrow at uh, Soldier Field in Chicago. And you guys can follow uh, these two, uh, these two great, wonderful people on Twitter as well as they'll have their hot takes and their analysis as well. Gary, where can they find you on Twitter? You can follow me at Gary Torres underscore seven. I'll be tweeting throughout the game, so yeah, stay tuned. Should be interesting. Then we'll see if Vega comes on. We already know what she's predicting, so we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> and uh, Brian, where can they find you on Twitter? Which you, I would imagine you're going to do some of your. Uh, some of your wonderful uh, uh, breakdowns. And GIFs, please. Yes. I need some uh, GIFs. Yes, I will try to do my best for some Tata hugs. Uh, you can find me <laughs> at Brian RMW. And I really hope I'm, like, again, I hope I'm wrong on this prediction because I want to be wrong because I want to make a nice thread of video <laughs> breakdowns of players that played well. That would be very, very good for me. So let's, let's just hope that I'm wrong um, because I've been wrong before. So that's all i got to reiterate that um, – I really hope Mexico comes out and with a big win for sure. Yeah, Dosa Cero would be perfect. That'd be beautiful. <laughs> that would be that would be a good way to go about it. All righty. So you guys can follow us on there as well. Someone asked if they can follow me on Christian Mingled. It is at Ivan <laughs> underscore Pulisic. Oh my god. Ten. So oh. you guys can find me there. <laughs> and the truth shall set you free. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Uh, we couldn't really get into the much topic of the upcoming season, but we will have more of that for you guys next week as we uh, comes to an end summer, uh, the tournament. And uh, after that, we'll uh, we'll get ready to, to start previewing the Apertura. For us, America, I know Cari 
you know, you'll have your preview on your Twitter and everything in regards to the upcoming season. So we are excited to hear uh, your thoughts and opinions on everything. So we're very excited that the season is coming up and uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But with that further ado, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys uh, have a good one. And uh, tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific is what I have here. I don't know if that's true, Brian. Oh, God me. knows what the, what the <laughs> hell time this game is going to start. Lies. <laughs> Could be at 6, could be sometime at 7. We have no idea. We'll just stay tuned to your televisions until, I would say, before 6 o'clock, just, just in case. Yeah, set um, your DVR an extra hour because who knows what's going to happen. An extra 2 because yeah. you never know. This might go to penalties. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, thank you so much. I hope you guys have enjoyed the L3 edition of the podcast. We'll be back next week to talk everything in regards to Las Aguilas in America. Will Giovanni Dos Santos finally confirm his addition to America? Will America oh God. be selling Edson Alvarez? Will uh, my birthday officially be my birthday? We'll have to wait and see. So <laughs> plenty and plenty to talk about. We'll see you guys soon. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you again to the both of you for coming out. Dylan, thank you so much as always. A shout out to Christian, who unfortunately wasn't, uh, wasn't able to be on the podcast, but I know was listening to us. So thank you to everyone in the chat. And uh, without further ado, vamos Mexico.